welcome to our first podcast, Gals Getting Rich, because finance bros are out and hashtag rich girls are in. This is Maeve and Vatsa, the Gals Getting Rich, and today we wanted to go into depth on how we got started on our rich journey and our top five tips for getting started. Do you want to start with your background? Yeah. Um, I... My name is Butza. I uh, studied finance, but realized very quickly that in college, they don't necessarily teach you about personal finance. Um, coming to college, oh, I said, um, that's fine. In college, they don't really teach you about personal finance, right? So, you know, in college, there's a lot of financial pressures, um, trying to keep up with people who might have a better, better financial background than you might. Um, the whole you know, this person is spending this much money or like brushing a sorority and all these things. And those are all great things, but they all have costs to them. And that can put a lot of pressure on the individual student. Um, um, wait, <laughs> for context, if you ever hear a horn, we are in New York City, maybe. <laughs> like this is, this is a life. <laughs> I wonder if the mic picks it up, but sorry, I'm kind of going all over the place. But I guess like what I'm saying is first generation American parents came from India literally immigrants. Um, typically, I would say immigrants are pretty good with their money, but and realized, you know, very quickly when my mom's like, oh, you know, your dad's going to just handle it. My, ask your, like, let your dad handle finances. Like, that's very much a, a like, Western concept that the man ha- carries the purse. And I, uh, oh, someone's calling me. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Do I keep recording the podcast or do no. I pick up the phone from my boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one will make you rich. Uh, probably <laughs> call picking up some my boyfriend. Hey guys. Um, yeah, so just a little bit about my background. My So my parents are immigrants. So I'm a first generation American. My parents are Indian. And I'd say generally like Indian people are pretty good with money. Like that's the stereotype. But... Uh, I think one thing that always frustrated me is my mom was always like, oh, like your dad handles the money or uh, she doesn't know. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? And I think that narrative really bothered me. And I was like, no, like I want to know and I want to be in charge of it. And to be honest, I think a lot of families sometimes have that mentality because we don't know better. And sometimes the man isn't the best at handling (laughs) the money, to be honest. That's right. I have been in situations where I've seen people make rely on them and like not make the best decisions and no hate or anything but everybody should be educated and equally know what to do because finances affect everyone not just one person in the household um yeah i oh i mean in college i downloaded robin hood for the free stock that's and then right I, you and did. then i kept referring people my <laughs> my superpower is downloading apps and referring people for <laughs> For referral bonuses and coupons and things like that. She's an influencer. A promoter. A promoter. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now it's just, I think, trying to pay off debt, trying to help my family pay off uh, some amounts of debt, and just trying to grow my net worth so my kids can be like, yeah, mom gave me some generational wealth, which is something that I wish I had, but frankly, yeah. I don't. Yeah, totally. And I think generational wealth is such a privilege. And, you know, it comes in so many different ways that it's not always just money. It's sometimes 
you know, like the assets you have in your family or the careers your family had that offered you opportunities and stuff. So love that. A little bit of background on me. This is Maeve talking. Oh, I didn't really get into investing in college. Um, I'm 25 years old now, and I really got more interested in investing during COVID. It was like when the meme stocks were becoming a thing and the stock market crashed, you know, like in March of 2020 that I was like, oh shoot, like this is pretty juicy stuff. Like I should pay more attention. And like at that point, like I was working full-time job and I was contributing to my 401k, but I didn't have a Roth IRA yet. And I didn't have like, I I didn't have a lot of interest in the stock market. You were ahead of me on that. I mean, I think I was interested in it, but whatever I was doing, I mean, I don't think I made more than 100 or 200. Like I wasn't getting rich off meme stocks or anything like that, which I wish, right? But one, I'm a little bit more on the safer side, right? Like I'll put money into stocks and like be risky, but it's like, oh, if I'm just Mm -hmm. buying one or two, my profit is like $2. Yeah. But honestly, I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's all about any one you can get. You don't need to be too precious, but I was watching Graham Stephan on YouTube during the pandemic and I came to the conclusion I'm going to open up a Roth IRA right now and max out my 2019 Roth and start contributing to my 2020. This was in May 2020 and they extended the Roth IRA deadline. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was some juicy stuff and I was like, Did they probably it for this year? No, I think it's the same. It's the same right? I think it's like April. It's like the cutoff. Isn't it like your like ta- is it, I'm googling it right now. Yeah, it must be aligned with taxes. I think it, ta- taxes are due April 18th. Anyway, my Roth IRA, I maxed it out, and that was actually a really good move because the market was down, and I remember seeing it grow, and I was contributing every month to max it out for 2020, and I was like, dang, this investing thing is pretty cool, and I think I, when was it? March of 2021, I read the book, The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. And that book really kind of set me on this personal finance journey. And I changed around my whole investing style and changed the way I thought about money and my goals in life. It was a really, really good book. Still is a good book. Um, So you should go read it if you can. You know, it's funny. I in college was really involved in this personal finance, um, financial coaching club. And the book that we read is I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Sethi. Oh yeah. It's really funny because the guy's Indian. And I think a couple people commented saying that it's kind of crass, but for me, like his jokes as another Indian, I related way too hard <laughs> to like, it was too real. It's like, yeah, for context, Maeve and I went to comedy cellar in New York city today on the day we recorded this and the last act was tiktok star zarna garg and the way she reminds me of my mom is too real so (laughs) mame knows but you know yes indian comedy she gets it yeah (laughs) but also i live for it that was really good comedy that made me feel rich (laughs) yeah seriously it was laughing i mean and it wasn't that expensive no if you think about it for the amount of joy we got that was pretty great. Totally. And we had really good food. Food was so good. Yeah. Like the key is instead of getting a drink is to order food to count as your drink, I think. Money hacks. Yes. 
Yes. If you ever want to know, you know, New York City money hacks, talk to Vatsa. <laughs> she knows, I think, every single trick in the book. Not every, I'm learning. I'm learning as we go, but I know quite a few for sure. Um, Her favorite app is Seated. Dude, yeah. If you need a referral code, hit me up. I got She's you. almost a promoter, guys. I need one more referral. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Should we get into our personal finance tips? Yeah, let's do it. I think, um, like, what we were going to talk about is your five tips and tricks for getting started. Yeah. Um, we each have five. We and each have five. we will be sharing them. All right. Yeah, maybe go ahead. Get started with your top five, top five tips. Okay. I want to hear them. My number one tip is to spend less than you earn. I think that's a pretty simple one. Yeah. But if you make $1,000 paycheck, don't spend more than $1,000 during that paycheck period. Oh, totally. And, like, I think, you know, I, sh- I was showing you a TikTok earlier that was talking about how budgeting can feel oppressive. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, in my opinion, the key is track your spending, and then at the end of the month, beginning of the month, just dump that money in, in an index fund or mutual fund yeah. or, you know, something, um, which is something that, you know, I've been kind of investing – a certain amount based off a of budget but I, I think like next month the thing that I want to switch to is just investing the rest and like tracking yeah. and like seeing like okay like how much money is left over because I know there's yeah. money left over but sometimes even when I'm budgeting I'm like oh crap like am I overspending am I underspending and, right and some of those categories categories kind of even out so yeah I love that one yeah and I think you know the whole saying pin yourself first mm-hmm with like when you get a paycheck, invest money before you go spend the rest in a way. Um, I think that's really important. When I get a paycheck, I pay my rent right away, pay my credit cards right away. And then anything left over, well, I've been putting into crypto, but I invest in some way. Mm-hmm. So what's your next tip, Butza? So my one is something that I learned recently, but I think that scarcity mindset is definitely a thing where you feel like you shouldn't spend or can't spend um or you try to spend like very less right but um so I think scarcity mindset is 100% a thing like I said something that I'm trying to switch to is abundance mindset but I think buying things that are quality and that you really really love like think Marie Kondo this brings me joy over you know something being cheap like uh I don't know, like an H&M, H&M is sometimes good, but like, you know what I mean? Like a fast fashion blouse, right? That's going to wilt in the washing machine versus like a really nice blouse for work. Um, I think that saves you money in the long run because then you're going to end up buying two of, if you buy something that's half the price, but then you have to keep buying multiple ones, you're going to end up spending more and you're not going to be as happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like my big thing now is investing in those quality pieces and quality things like Look at your purchases as investments rather than just like, oh, like I'm buying something and just to shop. Yeah. You know? Oh, 100%. And like, especially with work, work fashion doesn't really sway that much year to year. So having like, you know, really good quality pieces that will last you year to year is such a good investment for your totally. wardrobe. And like, you know, we're not going in the office as often, but lately uh, I think events are happening where we are going into the office and I'm a little bit like oh what do I wear (laughs) like now I'm like do I buy a whole new wardrobe no I I just want to pick out like one or two things that like I can re continuously wear you know right 100% I love that I think it's good to get quality over anything yeah my next tip is to invest 
early and often. So whenever you have the means to start investing, do it. Don't think too much about it. Just get started. The more time your money is in the market, the more time it will have to grow and reach levels of compound interest that will just take off your net worth. So get started now. If you are young, if you are in college and you have even like $10 to spare, invest it, get started and do it often. Try to keep up with a like monthly contribution to a Roth IRA. You know, like even if it's $20 a month, that's better than $0 a month. Totally. Okay. My second one is you should max out your employer match if you have one. Uh, Arguably, you could uh, be paying off debt slower and getting your 401k match or employer match just because that is free money and you're getting a higher rate of return by doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's huge. It's huge. It's a guaranteed 100% return on your money. Yeah, it's free money. Yeah. That's pretty like because usually the market's returning like 10% each year. But to get a guaranteed 100% return, oh my gosh, say no more. Max that baby out. Hell yeah. So my third tip is to lean more towards index funds and ETFs. Index and chill, baby. Yes, we love that stuff. <laughs> so the other like way you could go about investing is buying individual stocks and companies, which is great. And I think, you know, buying individual stocks is fun. But the beauty of index fund and ETF is that you are more diversified. You're buying into multiple companies at once without having to buy the whole value of a stock in each company. So you can buy $100 of an index fund or of an ETF and be invested into you know maybe 100 different companies at the same time. So if any one of those companies fails, your portfolio will not sink with it. It is a great way to have a diversified portfolio that is strong. What am I trying to say? That is, oh, resilient. Your portfolio is a strong, independent woman just like you. Yes, yes. (laughs) But it's a great way to have a strong portfolio that's resilient to sways in the market. And I think it's a better way to invest when you're just getting started. It's really hard picking out your own stocks. You know, like you can't know everything about every industry. You can't know like what's going to be the next big oil company at all times if you're not looking at it. So index funds is my way to go or ETFs are very similar. We'll go into that later and we'll do a later episode on our favorite index funds in ETFs. Oh yeah, that'll be a good one. I think my third one is don't compare your financial situations to your friends I think it's really easy to look at people's salary but not necessarily look at the big picture for example you know someone might make a lot more money than me but they might be you know helping pay for their sister's college uh tuition or their parents mortgage and or, or vice versa things not even vice versa but like lots of things everybody has their own constraints and commitments and I think that ties into why we pick the careers that we pick Um, you know, some people might have a financial obligation, which puts some financial pressure. So just like not, it's not good in my opinion to do that, but it's also hard not to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so sometimes you just need a reminder that you're doing you and you're killing it and focus on kind of like your personal number rather than 
comparing it to the person next to you. Because mm-hmm. you don't know what else is behind that. Yeah. A little bit preachy, but I think I just say it more so to ri- remind myself, right? Like, yeah. I get competitive. A lot of us are competitive. Yeah. And the thing is, like, we're all on our own path. We're all trying to reach goals that, you know, not everyone has. So some people want to, you know, climb a corporate ladder. Some people want to not necessarily have a job that pays the most, but a job that fulfills them in a way that they really desire. Some people want to retire early. Like we're all working towards different goals. So why should we compare ourselves to people who aren't going for the same things we are? Totally. You know? And I think it's natural to hear... We're human. Yeah, we're human. Yeah. We're human. I think it's natural that when you hear that a colleague of yours is making more than you, it's natural to feel like, what the heck? What am I doing wrong? Mm -hmm. And it's natural to feel like I am underpaid. Like, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, that should be a little bit of, like, fire to your motivation. I mean, I'm not saying don't seek a higher salary. I'm absolutely saying seek a higher salary, but not at the cost of, you know, someone else. Yeah, no, I think it's hard. And we're all also starting at different points. Yeah. You know, like, if you went to college with a lot of people, just because you graduated college with those people doesn't mean that they're not already ahead of you or behind you. They could be behind. Some people... You know, I met a lot of people in college who had a lot of consumer debt. And I know that's a, that's like your next one. That's a huge one, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, dangerous. That's actually my next tip. And that is stay away from consumer debt. Yeah. So that can be like credit cards. It can be even like, what is, what are those like pay, buy later, pay later? Uh, buy now, pay later. Because you get charged interest. So really you're yeah. paying more for an item you extra but you think yeah. it's like fitting in your budget but it's actually interesting because there's a lot of startups coming out around this concept but i've yet to find something that has actually sticked so if anybody has any anything that they've seen that actually that they use that has saved them money in the long run or mm-hmm. like helped them fit things into their budget let me know because i think it's a really really interesting concept that's coming yeah. out more and more these days yeah and i think consumer debt when used strategically as leverage like it can be a good thing Totally. You know, using your credit card as a means to get points on something you'd spend money on anyway, that's awesome. But when consumer debt becomes a vehicle for buying things that you can't necessarily afford, it becomes a burden to bear. And consumer debt carries some of the highest interest rates. Have you checked your credit card interest rates lately? Uh last time I checked they're like higher than twenty something percent. They're yeah. They're a scam. That's like they're a, a scam. They're a scam, but I have a policy where I make money off my credit cards rather Mm -hmm. than giving them my money. I understand that sometimes you have to kind of take on credit card debt, but, you know, if you can avoid it and budget for it, I would say don't do it. Yeah. And there's some people who do have consumer debt that are working on getting out of it. And that's something that we would want to touch on in a separate episode. Another episode, too, is uh, this app. Did I tell you about this app that I came across? It's called Solo Funds. And you it's like a platform for people who typically use Payday. Uh, uh, have you heard of Payday? Like, yeah. It's like when you need cash fast, right? Uh, typically for under... It's like that's a thing in underserved communities. But this thing, Solo, it's super cool. It's like a micro lending platform. Or it's like its own crowdsourcing platform. And oh. and you don't like make interest on your... um on your On these loans because then it's considered like 
you need like a 1099 you need yeah. tax documents for it but but they call it a tip so you get a tip and that kind of serves as your interest rate but like oh. um yeah i think that's something if you need to take on consumer debt could be a good option um obviously not ideal but um there's other ways there's other ways than yeah. racking up credit card and having to pay high high interest rates yeah and I think a great way to just avoid consumer debt is to not put money in your credit card that you can't pay off. You know, your credit card shouldn't be carrying a higher balance than. Yeah, I mean, rule of thumb that. is uh, less than 20 or 30% of your uh, of your uh, utilization rate. So what's your mm-hmm. max credit limit? 20 to 30% of that. Yeah, yeah. And you can check your credit utilization rate on your credit report. I think it's on annualcreditreport.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like even like things like Credit Karma and like those websites are pretty close. They're not 100% accurate, but they, they get pretty close. Yeah. It's worth checking and yeah. it's free. You can only access your annual credit report like once a year. So it's like three. You can access it once through each large bureau. So what is it? Equifax, TransUnion. Mm-hmm. And, and what's the Experian? third one? Experian. Yeah, exactly. So you can pull that once every year. Um, and then I think beyond that, they charge you money. But the thing with that is, too, is you want to kind of keep an eye on it to make sure nobody's, like, stolen your information or you're not, like, a, yeah. a, you're not, like, a victim of identity theft. Like, it's just, like, a good thing to just check. Um, yeah. My tip four and a half would be don't get, you know, identity theft. Don't. don't yeah, do just be careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't do that. Have encrypted passwords. This is like a whole tech thing. We both work in tech. <laughs> We're very crazy about yeah. this stuff. I love checking. So on Capital One, I bank with them, mm-hmm. and they have um like a little they have monitor. like little estimators. Yeah, so does your, Chase actually. Yeah, I also look at the one in Chase. Yeah, because credit cards there, and I love checking that stuff. Same. And I love seeing, like, their estimated... I get a little serotonin boost when it gets boosted a little bit. I know. As nerdy as that sounds. I know. Um, I know. But honestly, like, credit credit scores aren't the end-all be-all of your finance game. Mm -hmm. They are important, but it's not the determining factor of how well you're doing with your finances. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, don't, you know, don't be too precious about it. Yeah. It's cute. It's a cute little score that, you know, it's just supposed to be It's a, a cute little score that only matters in America and only matters for a couple of things. Be it those imp- things, few things are important. Right. Um, it's just like, we want it to be cute. And not, it's cute. And not, not, not cute. You know, you don't want anything yeah. super low. You want it yeah. to be high. Okay. My number four is don't let your frugality impede on your joy. I think sometimes I'm so cheap where I get mad at myself when it's like, dude, don't be so cheap just live life like a lot of us too I think have good jobs make good money but don't necessarily like let ourselves spend and again this goes back to scarcity mindset but we we have to allow ourselves to spend to enjoy life to breathe a little bit right um I'm not saying that there's not that you can't enjoy life without spending money but sometimes it's like if you want something or if you want to have an experience or do something Put it in your budget and don't worry about it. But don't be like, oh my God, I'm not going to spend that money because, you know, X, Y, Z thing. Just mm-hmm. do what makes you happy within reason. Yeah. And I like the whole concept of buying stuff that brings you joy and not really having any qualms about buying something that brings you joy. Mm-hmm. You know, like if 
doing Taekwondo lessons brings you joy, then that's not something you should be cutting out your budget. That's something that's feeding your soul and not something you want to be starving yourself of. So my last one is to not be too precious, just get started. And I think it's when I was getting started with investing, I wanted a robo advisor. So I didn't have to think too much, mm-hmm. which is funny. I still use a robo advisor. I still use one. But the irony of it all was I was thinking way too hard about which robo advisor to go with. Mm. Do you remember that? It was like a month or two months. I was paying you every day. Like I know, and I was like, oh, I think I'm just going to open Charles Schwab. <laughs> I know. And I was between, like, Betterment, Elvest, Wealthfront. Like, I, I had tabs open up. Ooh, there's a lot computer. of companies that do it. It's tough. Yeah, and it's supposed to be, like, a way to invest without having to really use your mind. Like, just mindless investing, which is what I needed at the time. But I was thinking way too hard about it. And I wish I had just picked one. And I wish I had just kind of gotten started. I think it's good to do your own research to a degree, but when it's impeding on you reaching your goals faster, it's becoming a problem. I should have just spent like two, three days max researching those robo-advisors and picked one. And then if I had a change down the road, fine. But because it took me two months, I missed out on two months of being in the market, which, you know, in the long term, that doesn't really matter. But I think I could have easily fallen victim to being too precious if I hadn't just, you know, kicked myself in the butt and told myself, pick a robo-advisor. So, you know, don't think too hard. Just get started. There's some great robo-advisors out there to get started with. Or you can go with another brokerage like Vanguard, Fidelity, Charles Schwab that also have great low-cost index fund options to get started with. Yeah. No, totally. And, you know, my last one is pretty simple. Don't invest in something you don't understand. Um, like, I've made that mistake. I, I, I've invested in several stocks. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, I'll invest it and make lots of money. And then you, you just don't. Like, these meme stocks are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, they're easy to fall for. Uh, sometimes I've gotten lucky and I have made money off of them, but... Yeah, there was a point in time where I bought two meme stocks just because I wanted... To like, I don't want to say I wanted to feel pain, but I wanted to be pain. entertained. You wanted to, you wanted to no. feel pain. Well, I knew you wanted I was... to be in Spain without the S. <laughs> not, not, not really, but yeah, kind of. Like yeah. I wanted to go for a bumpy ride, just. But I bought two meme stocks just for fun, and not really because I believed in the companies. And I lost money, and then I got sick and tired of the bumpy ride. They were up and down, up and down. But yeah, I ended up selling them. And then buying some cute dividend stocks Thanks. instead. But yeah, I like that. Make sure you understand what you're investing in. We hope you really enjoyed listening to our tips. Uh, we would love your feedback. And please feel free to email us in the emails in the description. Yeah, and give us five stars. Rate us, comment, review. That'd be great. Really like, comment, it. subscribe. Uh, <laughs> The whole thing, right? Yeah, just do everything for us. <laughs> That'd be great. Please. But yeah, thanks for listening. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for listening to Gals Getting Rich, and we'll talk to you later. Cha-ching! Bye.